Are you a CrossFit coach or maybe a box owner looking to learn more about nutrition? You want to help support the athletes that come to your box, maybe have some one-on-one clients. And we all know nutrition is the foundation. We all talk about the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete. And nutrition is at the base. It's like building a house. You can't build the attic first. You can't worry about performance and sport without working on the foundation. And that's what nutrition is. So maybe you're a coach, maybe you're a box owner, maybe you're just an athlete looking to potentially earn a little more income, develop a new income stream as a nutrition coach. Well, you could check out the Own Your Eating Certificate course. We review fundamental nutrition principles, as well as teaching you how to implement flexible eating, that's macro counting, and assist others with their tracking of macros. The cool thing about it is you're going to learn so much for yourself. Even if you didn't want to coach anyone else, but you simply wanted to learn more about tracking macros, you will get so much out of this course. It'll be the last thing you ever have to read, study, purchase, because you're going to get so much information. As well as sharing nutrition experience with you, Own Your Eating will also teach you how to coach others so that you can really make a difference with the people in your community and your lives. Maybe you need to finally get your mom to track macros. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe you you put on the quarantine 15 and you're looking to just lose a few LBs, a few pounds yourself. This will teach you all of that. And the cool thing about macros, the cool thing about the way in which we at On Your Eating teach you is it's really sustainable. The business setup and marketing strategies are also included. So if you do really want to make this a side deal or a side hustle, You'll, you'll have all the tools you'll ever need to do. And in addition to that, if you're a level three CrossFit coach, you can earn CEUs to help you revalidate. And we also give CEUs for NASM as well as AFA. So you can check that out. For me, every few years, I need to re-up my L4, you know, no big deal, L4 coach, but this will help you do it. So If you're interested in learning more about the Own Your Eating Certificate course, you can go to courses.ownyoureating.com. Or if you just go to ownyoureating.com, right up in the header there, it says become a coach. You can click on that. And with the code BESTHOUR, that's B-E-S-T-H-O-U-R, BESTHOUR, you'll get 15% off. Go check it out now. I was the one, along with Roz, who helped put this all together. So... I really understand that if you have questions for me about it, of course, you can reach out, but I really believe in it. I've put hundreds of people through this course. It's the way I learned how to track macros. It's the way I've been tracking macros for over five years, and I think you will absolutely love it. So go check it out again, courses.ownyoureating.com, and use that code BESTHOUR for 15% off. All right, Jay, we're talking chapter seven today, Be Grateful. And of course, we have a lot to be grateful for because we have this awesome book, can share all these experiences. I like how you started this chapter off with a little quote. And actually, you start every chapter off with a quote. And I thought this one was very, um, very prominent. And this would be a good one just to go over again on the discussion here. So I'll read it. It's by Brene Brown. I think I said that correctly. And it's, I don't have... I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me if I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude. And I think that could be something that 
as box owners and coaches and people who are very close to a particular project, we can lose sight of that. Well, yeah, and, and first of all, if you've not read a Brene Brown book, I highly recommend it. I personally love listening to her books. I love listening to to the way she talks and she has so many great books and it really opened my eyes, especially to things like empathy and sympathy and gratitude. She's She's really good, vulnerability, all that stuff, which I think is part of why I was able to write this book because you do have to be a little vulnerable anytime you write a book, especially one that tells so many stories about your failures. But yeah, great yeah. quote. Great, great quote. I love it. And I, I, like I said, I'd highly recommend you guys check out a Brene Brown book. Just start somewhere. She's got about 10 or 12. Just pick one, get going with it. Now, these are self-help books, psychology books? A, a little of everything. A little of everything. She's got some great books that are actually like seminars that she recorded. You know, So those are only in audio format. And you can, you can find them on Audible. If you have a library app where you can download books to your phone she's got some great ones i mean i i don't have a list of them in front of me i can probably put them on the website that we're about to do so we can put a little link there um but i would highly recommend it awesome well that'll be first task after everyone's done listening to this audiobook is to check out some Brene brown books yeah finish and this I'll, one first yeah finish this one uh now you go on to discuss in the er early couple paragraphs here on comparison or comparing yourself to others is the worst thing you could possibly do. But it's also, I feel, something that's pretty inevitable. It's a hard thing to not do. So can you talk about how you would compare yourself to others in the early days and as a box owner? Yeah, I think especially as CrossFit expanded, it became you know similar to what we talked about in life as a series of dips. You know, People leaving other boxes opening and you immediately just start comparing yourself to those boxes. How many members do they have? You know, how fit are those members? What are they charging? All of those things. And I think some of that is important and some of that is okay. But if we start comparing ourselves to certain metrics and, and just only thinking about that, we can really, you know, go down this terrible rabbit hole. And I think we, we all do it. I mean, the, the easy example is social media. We all compare ourselves to others and we, we see these people living these amazing, perfect lives. When in reality, it's a matter of, okay, they're only putting up, you know, the pictures of them being happy. Or if it's somebody that works out, they're not putting up their mislifts. Um, so, you know, or, or we just simply look at, okay, how many followers do they have? And I think, you know, it's easy to compare these metrics and you can do some things like, well, you're only looking at certain metrics, the metrics you lose, right? Like you're looking at someone's Instagram following and it's 10 times what you have, yet you have a much bigger Facebook following or Twitter following or, you know, anything going on there. And, and the point is you can, you can look at anything just like you can find uh, research papers written to support things. You can find research papers to debunk things. So it, it, it's silly to only use those things. But what I would tell you is it's important to have other people that you do compare yourselves to in an effort to, to help you both rise but make sure you're not comparing nonsense. Do you have any specific examples? Um, let's start as, as an athlete where you would compare yourself to others and it didn't lead to success or happiness. 
Um, I think a little bit. I know, like, for example, in my jujitsu career, depending on where I've been training, there's always kind of that rival, but he's your friend, you know? So, so at, at jujitsu in, in Albany, where I trained at Bruno Tosta's place under Henzo Gracie, my buddy Marvin Maldonado and I were, you know, we started at about the same time. We weighed about the same. And, you know, it was very much a rivalry, but a rivalry in the sense that we both were leveling up all the time. Like we would go hard, we would bring it, but it was in an effort for both of us to improve, you know, versus you can have someone and, and you can have a rival. I remember actually in high school on the wrestling team, there was a kid that wrestled for, um, you know, the high school down the road and he and I would see each other a handful of times a year at dual meets or in tournaments, but we were friendly. Like we would actually train at the same gym. The one I talk about in the book club fit, like we would both be at the same gym spotting each other helping each other but man on the mats it was like we're trying to win like not not trying to hurt you we're just trying to win so I think you know in in those senses yes I never really had someone on a fitness level that I compared myself to in a negative way that I can remember and if I have it's typically what it comes down to is they're they're just working harder and putting in more time yeah that's typically the the case I think in most scenarios now how about from a coaching standpoint, like you are on the level one staff and that's, that's for many a, a pretty intimidating group to be around, especially when you're all together practicing your coaching or maybe you're watching someone give a lecture and they're just nailing it. And then you're thinking about, all right, what I got to do my lecture now. Do you ever compare yourself to other coaches on the level one staff? I, I think I, I have, and I probably continue to, but specifically when I was going through the internship process, you see these coaches and you look up to them. And then, you know, when I wasn't getting hired, you know, if I would leave an internship in my mind, I'm like, I'm as good as that coach. I'm as good as them. Why am I not on staff? But then now in retrospect, you realize, okay, you weren't as good as them. You weren't at their level. You know, you see someone like Dennis Marshall from Long Island and you're like, I'm as good as him. And it's like, no, Dennis, his, knowledge far outweighed mine his ability to see and correct was better than mine so you know at first you look at people and you're like i am as good no you're not and now i look at these people more in a way of okay what can i do to be as good as them or to even surpass them but i'm still realistic about it and and knowing again similar to that wrestling analogy we're there to make each other better when they provide a good lecture it's not at my expense that's good I want to get better. And I think that's ultimately when you've reached a certain level of, of anything, you you realize the competitiveness is not with that person. It's with yourself to be better. It's like someone saying, I don't want to beat you on your worst day. I want to beat you on your best day. Yeah. And probably a, a good practice, you know, kind of like you said, it, it was, you're benefiting one another would probably be to talk to that person and ask them questions and say, Hey, why, you know, why are you so good? How can I be better? you know, like ask them for advice. Yeah. And, and to this day, I'll listen to someone's lecture and, and give them advice. And they're already on staff. They're potentially in a higher position, a higher rank than I am, but I, they know if I'm giving them something, it's to help them get better. And I think that goes back to the whole feedback loop with being on staff. You need to be willing to accept that feedback. And the same, if you're fighting someone or, you know, competing against them in jujitsu and they catch you, in, in an arm bar or triangle, it's like, okay, what did I do wrong? How'd you do that? Show me that. And if someone, you know, we know those people that are like, okay, I'll show you. Let me, I watched a video. This is how I did it. 
versus, oh, I don't want to show you that. Those people are like, the, you know, I've, I've been recently listening to Simon Sinek talk about the infinite game versus the finite game. And it's the same as kind of Stephen Covey's uh, scarcity versus abundance. Those people are believing in the scarcity model where if I get you better, that's at a detriment to me versus if I get you better, I need to level up as well. Yeah. And you have to be vulnerable enough to seek that out. Now you just mentioned, and you talk about this in the text, the scarcity mindset and abundance mindset, and you discuss it a little bit in the text, but can you elaborate a little more on each of those and how one can maybe evaluate themselves if they are in a scarcity mindset and how to move towards an abundance mindset? Yeah. Considering I was in the scarcity mindset most of my life until, you know, probably whew, 2013, maybe 14, where it was like, you have to just consider scarcity mindset is this, imagine, you know, there's X amount of food and when it's gone, it's gone. So you need to eat more of it because that's how you survive. And if I eat more, there's less for others and that's okay. You know, there's, there's a, there's a finite, there's a specific amount of X, be it people that are willing to do CrossFit. So if this person joins another gym, that's one less person that I could get versus the abundance mindset being there's plenty for everybody. And not only is there plenty for everybody, if I do better, everybody does better. And that's something I've really preached a lot this day and age in CrossFit. It's like that competition of the box down the road is good for you because here's what's going to happen. They're going to open a box. They're going to get 20 people. One of them will have a family member, a friend, a colleague that lives closer to your box and they're going to join your box. And the more people that find out about CrossFit, I don't know if you've heard, but there, I, I read something online this morning, actually, that CrossFit was the most number one Googled uh, New Year's resolution search for 2020. I actually saw that. I saw the map. There was like a map yeah. that showed all the states. That was pretty cool. Right. I saw some so, Weight Watchers in there, some other things too, but mainly but CrossFit. Exactly. And the point is, if your cousin's doing CrossFit in Syracuse, but you live in Albany, you're not going to commute to Syracuse. You're going to join Albany CrossFit. And, and the same is true, you know, anywhere you live, and that could be a mile radius or a, you know, 2,000 mile radius. But the more people that find out about CrossFit, the more people that are going to join your gym. So you have to have that mindset. And that goes for everything you're doing, you know, whether it's, you know, I can look at it like I got a buddy writing a book. Oh, if he writes a book, that's less people that are going to buy mine. That's not true at all. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's like that, that quote, a rising tide raises all ships. I don't know who it, said that. Exactly. I don't know either, but exactly. It's, it's, it's really the, and that's, it comes down to gratitude. I mean, that's really where that stemmed from. If you're grateful for it and you, and you can look at that and not only that, having that competition down the road, cause it's still maybe competition should cause you to rise. It was no different than, you know, I'll tell a story. I had taken some time off of jujitsu and I go back to Bruno's and you know, it's, men were, were, you know, very uh, testosterone driven and everybody kind of gathers around me and I hadn't been there for a while. They're like, one-on-one, -on -one, you versus Marvin. And we went at it. And I remember, again, he remembers, I caught him in a Kimura probably like 15 minutes into this match. We're both exhausted. Of course, we shake hands. And then after he busted his ass and for a long time, I couldn't touch him. He went on to fight in Bellator, which is, you know, right up there with the UFC. I don't think that me beating him in that match was, you know, 
what what caused him to become a champion, but but it certainly motivated. You never know. Him. Yeah, and and because of that, I had to get better every time we went in there. And and the guys that I train with now, we talk about it all the time. Like whether it's in life or on the mats, like if you're always seeking out the easier matches, the easier path, you're never challenging yourself. Like you got to call a black belt out once in a while to get that ass kicking to make you level up. And then you also got to work with a white belt once in a while so you can refine your skills and help them. So you need to do both, but it, but it comes down to, like you said, just everybody leveling up together. And it, it kind of reminds me of the, the affiliate situation. And you talked about this in, uh, in the text where Chad went to open up his own gym and your initial response was one of anger because of course there's that scarcity mindset, but then you shifted over to an abundance mindset on this is a good thing. And I think sometimes people don't realize when the box opens up down the road, yeah, it can be scary, but if you're doing what you need to be doing and you have a good product and you're putting in the effort, you'll, you'll be okay too. So if anything, it might make you work harder. It might make you look internally to see what you need to improve upon. So that way you yeah. don't lose members. Yeah, that was probably the beginning of me changing my mindset. That was, so when, whenever Chad opened Avitas, which was probably like 12 or 13, that was the beginning of me. And, and it took those lessons of Jess leaving, of, you know, other people leaving the box and opening their gym and realizing, okay, I will survive. Like, I get it. If you own a box and a coach leaves or a member leaves or anyone leaves and opens their own spot, it's your baby. You're protective of it. So I don't fault myself for feeling that. I didn't know any better in 2008. When Jess left, I didn't know. Like, I truly felt like she was going to put me out on the streets. You know, even though that wasn't her intention, I couldn't help but feel that way. You know, five years later, 10 boxes later, I realized, okay, we're surviving. Not only are we surviving, every time this happens, we've grown. There was never once when a box would open and we would actually see our membership go down. It would always increase. So now that it's, it's, you've been through it so many times, this conversation, and this is a tough conversation, I feel, for any box owner, and many probably maybe have not experienced it. So let's do a little role-playing, okay? All right. We'll do a little role-playing game. I'll be, you're the box owner, and I'll be the coach, right? Let's say All I've right. been coaching at your box for five years. We're, we sit down, we're having coffee, and I'm like, hey, Jay. Uh, you know, I appreciate everything you've been doing for me. I love Albany CrossFit, but I think it's time for me to start up my own thing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to affiliate. I found a space down the road. It's about a mile down the road, and I'm going to all open up McDermott CrossFit. <laughs> what's, You're fired. What's, yeah, yeah. So Get it's the like, hell out of here. Yeah. So, like, so that, was, that was maybe the, the, the old Jay. So let's do abundance mindset, Jay. How do you approach this conversation. I just sprung this on you. So we've never talked about this before. Never talked about before. We're sitting down. It's one-on-one and I'm, I'm opening up to you. These are my intentions. I want, I'm, I've been looking at some spots. This is a dream of mine. How do you approach this? Yeah. And let's assume you and I've had the, you know, the relationship that we have, you know, this is a few years ago. So you had been coaching for me for a few years at the time. Yep. Five years, five years. So, you know, and, and I think for the listener's perspective, they have to understand it, almost, actually, I would say 100% of the coaches that did that 
did it the right way, which means they told me about it, right? Because I know many stories where it was a shock to the owner, like flash forward four months, your doors are open. You're like, oh, by the way, I, I opened a box. So yeah, I've heard about that too. You know, and I, I know I don't know if you can think of one, but I can't think of anybody at Albany CrossFit that did that. No, I I think for the most part, everyone was always very upfront with it. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's very respectful. So first thing I might say to you is, hey James, thanks for bringing that to me. Right? Thanks for telling me that. Thanks for being honest. Okay, I'm gonna role play, but yeah. keep in mind, I'm role playing. This might not be how I don't want the listeners to be like, Jay's an angel. So I'm, I'm role playing. Yeah. I would say, yeah, we, we, we just want to, we just want to get like a practice, a practice run through that way. You know, you have some experience with it for the box owner who's never done this before. Thanks for bringing that to my attention. What can I do to help? You, you have to respond now. James. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. We're still going. All right. What, <laughs> we're what can role you do playing. To help? Yeah. We're, we're role playing. See now I don't, I don't know how, how you can help. I mean, uh, can I still stay on the coaching staff until I'm ready to ready to launch? Yeah, and that's what you know. And I'd say, hey, I'd love to keep you coaching. Here's what I would expect from you, at a, in respect to me. Just don't poach the members. You know, you're gonna open. They're gonna find out about it. Some the 8:30 p.m. class loves you, James. Um, you know, because by the way, James has been teaching an 8:30 class since its inception, right? Yeah, well, it's no longer around, but oh, it's not for around a while anymore. I it. No, yeah. no. I remember when you brought that to me. I was like, "Really? We need an eight thirty class?" I was like, "As long as you're coaching it." Um, so anyway, you know, let's say it's around the eight thirty class. Loves you. I expect you know a handful of them are going to go. I'm not going to be upset, but just don't purposely go after them. Don't do anything, you know, lacking morals like emailing or calling my people. And I think we're going to be great. I'd love to show up at your grand opening if you need to borrow some equipment until then you know th this is a great thing and i think together we can really promote crossfit in the capital region and and get even more people doing it how do, how do we go about telling the membership james is leaving this is what's going on or do we not no i think i think for the most part you need to be transparent at your box and i think there were times i was too transparent and th that's not a good mm -hmm. thing, you know, and, th and that's looking like that could look like, hey, guys, what do you want to do for programming? No, but it could look like, hey, guys, we're following best hour of their day programming because it gives us the best timelines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you need to have transparency in the decision making why you made that, but also not letting the inmates run the asylum. I've been there before. What programming do you want? What new equipment do you want? You know, what time do you want classes to be? No. Yeah, you know, you'll then never getting, please everybody. You'll never please everybody. And then the handful of people whose opinions you accepted feel great. Those that didn't complain, you know, but I would say, Hey James, we're going to, let's make, you know, this is back in a day. I'd probably say, Hey, let's do an interview together. Let's put it up on the site. Or I'd love for you to write a farewell post for the blog or something in the, on social media, you know, this day and age, a picture of you coaching a class or with a group of members. Uh, you know, there's a great picture of you on the Albany CrossFit site, for example. If people want to see James in a huge class. I'd imagine it was like Memorial Day Murph or some big workout that you guys did. Like, put that picture up and thank James for the time he's spent at the at the gym and and all he's done. Hey guys, post a comment of your favorite memory with James. Those types of things. So, end scene. <laughs> well, and and let me just make it clear. 
if you don't do that, your members are not dumb. Like James is gone. And and in this day and age, it's a quick Google search to find out where James currently is. Yeah. They're like, oh, James is gone. And there's this new mysterious McDermott CrossFit down the road. Yeah. Uh, Do you think it has anything to do with James McDermott? (laughs) I don't, I don't know, but let's go check it out. You know, and it makes you look bad. Like sometimes, you know, not saying anything, there's a time to not say anything. Like you're being interviewed, you know, for a crime on national television. Hey, keep your mouth shut. You know, don't admit to the bloody gloves. But, you know. Wait the fifth. Yeah, but your buddy's opening a box down the road. Your members are going to be like, hey, why didn't you tell us about that? So just to kind of recap, this is a situation where it was done ideally the right way. I, I came to you and I expressed my feelings and my intent. And, you know, I even thanked you for allowing me to grow in the gym. And then you responded with, thank you for telling me, is there anything that you can do to help? And then I think I responded with, in order to help, you know, like, well, let's tell, tell the membership and can I stay on the staff, which you don't, you certainly don't have to allow that. But I think for to not have a rocky transition, because, you know, once, once you, when you take something away from your membership, it's, it's always perceived as, 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 as a harsh thing. So now all of a sudden you're taking that coach away and people enjoy that coach. And then you have to find a coach to fill those shoes. And it's maybe not in the right circumstances. It wasn't a good handoff. And, and let me say that's, that's important as the box owner to, to keep in mind. So I know, you know, James has a great relationship with his classes and he coaches this, the, the same classes on a, on a regular basis. Maybe I need to show up and coach those classes for a bit. Maybe I need to, you know, bring an intern in under James. So those members, it's not like, Hey, Friday, James coach Monday, he's gone. And the members are like, who's this guy? Like you need to do some things to cover your own ass. If you will, that's not necessarily being malicious. It's like, okay, you still have a business to run. You still have a business to protect. James is leaving. Maybe you talk about it with the eight thirty class and say, Hey, James is leaving in you know, two weeks and a month. I'm, I'm going to be here when he's gone. So I want to get to know you guys a little bit better or, you know, you know, so-and-so is taking over class. So you need to do some, some things to, so you don't want all of your members to disappear to McDermott CrossFit down the road either. And you, and you need to do something smart to prevent that. Yeah. And I think to do it the other way with James coaches on Friday and then he's gone on Monday, that's uh, the word I think I was looking for earlier was that's traumatic for, for members, you know, they, especially if they've been working with James for quite some time, all of a sudden he's gone. Well, now my favorite coach is gone. Yeah, and you, know, you have to consider, is it a coach that coaches the same class every day? And, and that might be something you need to do as a box owner to set yourself up for success. Don't let that happen, right? If the coach, the same coach coaches the 5.45 a.m. class every day and opens a box very close to you, there's a high likelihood most of those members will go with them. You know, so maybe you don't allow a coach to live on an island and only coach one class, the same class every day. Maybe you make them mix it up. You know, things to think about. Yeah. You got to have systems and procedures in place for pretty much any scenario. So all that happens and we do an interview. There's post on the website. It's a, it's a, maybe a month long process of, of a handoff in a transition. Uh, after that, ideally our gyms are friends and it's good relations. We support each other's community events, you know, things like that, seminars, the whole, whole deal. And yeah, and I think, 
you know, we've seen that a little bit in the capital region and in other areas where, you know, at least from a social media perspective, it looks like people are showing up at events, people are supporting one another. I'm sure it's not always at its peak. There are times where that doesn't happen, but I have seen the trend in the CrossFit world where there is that going on. I was in Tampa recently, and I know a bunch of the boxes get together regularly and talk about best practices, share waivers, share things like that. Um, I've seen it in other areas as well, but I've also seen areas where boxes don't like each other. Um, and and it's, it's hard because, you know, at the end of the day, there is a little bit of competitiveness there, just like on the mats. There are times Marvin and I wrestled and it, one of us took it a little harder than the other, you know, and ultimately you can, it's like, you know, two grown men fighting and then after they can shake hands, hug it out, have a beer, whatever happens. And, and I think you see that in business as well. There are periods of time where we're fighting and it might last longer than a fist fight, but ultimately, you know, you, you realize, hey, we're all in this for the same reason. Yes, we're all trying to make money. We're all trying to put food on our table, but we're all also trying to help others improve their lives. So scarcity mindset, you freak out in the Starbucks, you yell and stamp your feet and you say, James, you're fired. Abundance mindset is the scenario we just went through. And that's with a coach or a member approaching you in what we're calling the, the right way. Correct. Now, what about the opposite way? Uh, I just don't show up to coach my class one day and McDermott Fit is open and we're just rolling and I didn't tell you anything. This is all just thrown upon you. It's, it's hard to be grateful in that situation and it's hard to react in possibly a, a, a positive way. What can a box owner do in that situation? I think, you know, there are times in your lives where you just have to take the high road. And I was talking to actually Christmas Abbott recently, and we, we talked a little bit about that. And we, we've kind of, you know, whether you use the word karma or full circle or, you know, whatever, however you want to look at it. If you have a coach that does that, you have to take the high road and, and really hope and really just know that the truth will always prevail. The truth will always come out. And if, if you have a coach that does that down the road, they're going to do it to somebody else or they're going to do it to your members. And, and I mean, you've been a part of that members will leave, but members will also come back. Right. Yeah. So they might follow James out of here because he told them in private and has a private Facebook message going on. Don't tell Jay I'm opening my own box. Come with me. And guess what? If they're willing to go, you know, they're probably not your best members anyway, but they're also probably going to come back because if that's the type of person James is, it, it's going to come out in other areas of his life. And I can tell you, you know, once I, when I sold Albany CrossFit, a lot of people were mad at me. A lot of people, you know, I, I lost some friendships and some three months later, some two years later, ultimately reached out to me and said things like, I had no idea what you were going through as an owner. Or I had box owners that, you know, that left and, and opened their own box and were like, wow, we really, it was, goes back to that simple complex, uh, simple mindset. We're like, wow, I had no idea how hard this was. I had no idea how stressed you were. I had no idea as a coach what impact I had on your life when I would do things wrong. So you really have to just sit back, you know, take a more stoic approach to it. Like I can't control James, but I can control my reaction. Yeah. And probably the worst thing you could do would be to 
post a giant manifesto in your gym's private Facebook group to all your members about, you know, the whole situation. Yeah, something that I just remembered. It's funny how when we're talking about this, it kind of opens up memories in my brain. Like, oh, there's a folder that I left in the back of that drawer. Let me dust it off. As you're telling me this, I remember when Jess opened, uh, Kevin, Keho and I were down in the, you know, the workout area. And there were a couple members from the Troy area. And I was like, can you believe it? Jess is opening. Are you going to leave? Are you going to go there? And Kevin's like, Jay, shut the F up. Like, what are you doing? And, you know, Kevin being the voice of reason is pretty crazy, right? But he was like, don't do that. And I was like, you're right. Like, I was, I didn't, I couldn't, I didn't remember doing that till this moment. But yeah, you just, you, you want to like attack, 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 instead of like taking a deep breath, like we've talked about, looking at it from that mindset of, you know, the serenity prayer, like God give you the strength, you know, whatever you believe, but it's like the strength to control what you can control and, you know, accept what you can. And in many situations as a box owner, you have to accept what you can. Yeah. And as a box owner and a coach at a box, you should never be discussing gym politics in the wad room or in the hallway where there might be members around. Or anywhere. And I'll, and I'll take that one step further. You probably shouldn't just be doing it, period, because I've done it numerous times, and especially at Albany CrossFit, where there's like no walls yeah. in the entire gym. Like someone is always within earshot. And I don't care where you think you are. Someone is always within earshot. Someone's going to say something like just save the drama for your mama. Yeah. And even, even if you don't think that the person in the corner, you know, on the rower is listening or would say anything and isn't involved with all the parties, they may at the very least think, well, I wonder what they say about me. Yeah. If, if, if they're saying this about so-and-so, I'm sure they talk about me as well. And that's, I mean, that's just something I try my best to do right now is no gossip. You know, don't talk about anyone. Don't don't put your opinions on them, but just do your best to just accept those people. You know, we all have moments of weakness, but do your best not to, you know, exacerbate drama and talk about others. Yeah, and now with those members that eventually come back, you know, they leave the gym, the grass isn't greener on the other side. Uh, you may disagree, but I, I think that they should come back. There's no questions asked and no grudges held. It's really they're they're also a customer, you know, to some extent. Like, so there's some people they take a break from Starbucks and they go to Dunkin', and then they come back to Starbucks, and Starbucks isn't like, where have you been? How could you do that? I mean, I don't know if you agree with that. Um, I, I I agree with you a hundred percent, but again, it's one of those things that you need to you need to deal with appropriately. Like, you know, Murph, for example, the the coach at Albany CrossFit. I think to this day still holds a little animosity towards some members that have left and some of those members have come back and he's still angry with them, you know? And it's like, you know, there's expressions of like, you know, anger is like, you know, poison or whatever. It's poisoning two people, you know, or it's just like the weight on your shoulders. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta give up the shit that weighs you down, so to speak. And, and, and that just means, Hey, welcome them back. Realize if they're coming back, they're also coming back with their tail tucked between their legs to some extent. And they're realizing, Hey, this is better. That doesn't mean you have to grandfather them into their old rate. If your rates went up or if there's new rules at your box, like they need to become a new member, but welcome them back with open arms because they're giving you money. Let them come back to your gym. Yeah. And I know I've, I've been on the, 
the receiving end of members coming back. They pop up in class after they left and whatnot. And I can tell you, it's, it's always a little awkward. It's like, oh, oh, I remember you, you're back. And I remember why you left. But, you know, it's, if they're in the room, coach them and have fun. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I see those people on social media. I see people that I know left Albany CrossFit and are now back there. And it, it still, in a very weird way, gives me a little bit of pride. Like I still, you know, um, my allegiance still feels like it's the Albany CrossFit in the capital region. You know, I hope all boxes do well. But when I see, you know, I don't want to use names. But when I see so-and-so come back, I'm like, cool. They realize what we had here. And, you know, you never know why they left. You know, they may have left because their significant other left. And sometimes you just get dragged along. And then they break up and they come back because that's where they wanted to be. Or maybe that other box truly was more convenient. Like it was next door to home, next door to work. Or maybe they just had hours that worked better for them. So it's not necessarily a malicious, you know, or they didn't like what you were doing. It might just have been more convenient. You know, there's a, you could be driving to work and the Starbucks is on the left side of the road and the Dunkin's on the right. And you're like, well, this Dunkin is a whole lot easier to pull into because I don't have to make a left-hand turn. That doesn't mean I don't like Starbucks. It just means Dunkin's more convenient to get to. You know, I'm not a Dunkin or a Starbucks person. And last week I experimented with both. I have to say that um, I think Starbucks is a little bit better. (laughs) I, I agree. But the fact that you don't drink coffee, period, is the, the craziest thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's the whole thing. Anyways, back to gratitude. <laughs> back to gratitude. So we've discussed scarcity mindset and abundance mindset and being happy and being grateful for what you have. And one of the practices that you went through to get yourself to an abundance mindset and being grateful was you went and saw a therapist and they had you keep a gratitude journal. Yes. Is that something that you're still doing today? I do. It's, it's probably not as often as I should. I, and this is going to be a trigger that I'm going to do it again, but I, I personally use an app called OneNote. It's just Microsoft's kind of like uh, Evernote or any of those kind of apps that you can use. And I, it, when I'm doing it well, I'll wake up every morning and I just write down three things that I'm grateful for. And, and, you know, we always try to give homework. That's probably going to be the homework for this episode, but you know, she just said, write down three things. And it starts very simple. I'm grateful for this coffee. I'm grateful for Roz. I'm grateful for my mom, right? Super simple. And when you stop and you're like, wow, you know, think let's, let's use, um, we can use both of those really, or all three of them. Like I'm grateful for this coffee. Cool. Well, if you're grateful for this coffee, for me, let's use, let's use real world right now, you know, 2020, I'm grateful for this Breville espresso machine that I got for my wedding. I'm grateful, you know, that I was able to marry the, the woman I love and for the people that gave me this gift. And I'm grateful for these coffee beans that luckily I have a Whole Foods down the road that I can go buy their, their coffee brand. And someone actually had to make these coffee beans. So, you know, someone probably in Uganda or Ethiopia or, you know, wherever you're buying your, your coffee beans from. So you can really dig deep into it. Or, you know, you're grateful for your significant other, which all of a sudden when, you know, she does something that bothers you, you're like, wait a sec. I'm grateful for her. I need to accept this. So you can, I would encourage you, hey, start simple and then start really digging deep. And it's okay if you have repeats every day. That's fine. I try to change mine up. Like I'm always obviously grateful for, you know, a roof over my head and, and my mom, but, you know, change it up. 
I'm, you know, let's, yeah. I'm, I think it's, it doesn't, you know, you don't have to, just because you don't say it again, doesn't mean you're not still graceful for it. And, but what you can, can do is just have this growing expansive list of all the things you're grateful for and then dig deeper on all of them. Absolutely. You know, I'm grateful for, for James to, to spend time, you know, reading the book and then asking me these questions and I'm grateful for the listener. Like there's, it's just, it, it doesn't stop. And when you can, when you look at things from that perspective, like Brene Brown talks about, like Simon Sinek talks about, like I talk about, it just changes your perspective. It's hard to be mad. You know, James is leaving. My coach is leaving. All right. Well, I'm grateful a that he came up to me and, and talked to me, but I'm grateful also for the five years of coaching, which meant I didn't have to coach those classes and those members that were satisfied and happy and stayed here because of him, you know, and, and, I'm, I'm grateful that now he gets to go and do his own th thing. That was something that really opened my eyes where I was like, wait a sec, these people are opening their own gyms because I've shown them that this is a fantastic way to live your life. Hard to be upset when you look at it from that perspective. Like I'm mad at you, James, because you want to do something that I've done because I've shown you that it could be really satisfying and, and cause you great joy, you dick. Right? Yeah. Like, it's like, you can't be mad at that. Yeah. And I, that, that's, I think how you closed out this chapter with, you know, that's like the true measure of success. Yeah. So Lisbeth Darsh, who, you know, most people probably haven't heard of in this day, but she was one of the original CrossFit boxes. And when CrossFit had an affiliate page on their site, or they might still have it, but they had like a dedicated affiliate blog and Lisbeth, and you can look, look her up. She, she still has some great posts out there. Lisbeth Darsh. Um, she, I remember her telling me from the mouth of Greg Glassman when I was talking to her, cause I became friendly with her and complaining that people were leaving. She's like, Greg Glassman looks at how many boxes have opened under you as the true measure of success of a CrossFit affiliate. And when she told me that I was like, wow, that changes things. It feels a little better now. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, and like I said, you're, if you're a box owner listening to this, you understand that feeling of being punched in the gut, you know, kicked in the balls, if you will, but you have to get over that. And it's like a breakup. It, it really, and you, you know, it's not you, than, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> other than your, your relationship that you're in, like there's probably nothing more important to you in this world than your business, than your box. And you feel like someone's trying to take that from you. It's a very hard mentality to, to overcome. But, but I promise you, if, if you deal with it, you realize they're not taking anything from you and they're actually going to benefit you. Awesome, Jay. So the homework, we've got a, a gratitude journal, start one, whether it be in paper form or on Evernote or OneNote. Yeah, I, I like, I like, yeah, I like OneNote again, just because super simple to use. I started using it um, and it syncs to all your devices. So if I'm on the road and, and I don't want to open my computer, I can just type it into my phone. It's easy to look back on. But yeah, whatever you use, you can use the notes app on, on your map or on your Mac. Or like James said, grab some paper and pen. That's probably the best thing to do. Old because school. yeah, it means you don't have to open your computer and get distracted by your emails and texts, et cetera. But write three things a day that you're grateful for, you know, and then and then just reflect on those. And and as you get better at it, just get a little more detailed and, and start to think about, 
even if you don't write them down, you know, all of the little things. Um, I forget who it was. I think it was a guy named AJ Jacobs. And I'll post a link to this podcast on the audiobook page. But he was the one that kind of talked about, he, he spent um, some time really researching that cup of coffee and trying to give gratitude to every step of the way. And it was like gratitude to the bugs that without them, these coffee beans wouldn't, you know, grow. So really when you dive into it, you can realize just how much has to happen for a cup of coffee, let alone for all these bigger things. I think that's a perfect assignment for this week. And also maybe to piggyback on that, check out some of uh, Brene Brown's works, get some inspiration from her as well. Uh, Jay, do you have anything else to comment on for this chapter? No, I just want to leave, leave the listeners with, you know, this is not easy. I still have setbacks every single day. I'm not perfect at it. So don't think because you get mad at something or you've gossiped about someone or, you know, you, you got angry that you're not improving. You know, where I am today in 2020 is light years ahead of the 20, you know, 10 and 2014, but it's always a work in progress. And you, ha- you have to accept that and be grateful for that as well. So don't, don't think you have to be perfect. Just move forward one step at a time. Perfect. I think that's good. Thanks again for listening to that special episode of Best Hour of Their Day. If you enjoyed, go ahead and download the book. You can check out the audio book. You can check out the paperback or even the ebook. We placed the link right in the show description. So once again, thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your day.